0: Hi, everyone. It's Sheila Zelinsky, the Weekend Vigilante, with this special report. As promised, I was going to do a breakdown of the shooter in Vegas. I call it Occult in the Desert. I'll tell you what, there is an Illuminati occult connection, definitely with the Las Vegas shooting. I'm titling this, of course, as you know, with the vitriolic YouTube censorship, the fervent Stasi censorship. We gotta be careful with titles, so I've named it Illuminati Occult in the Desert 2017. First of all, there's been a thousand and one videos already with inconsistencies. Who was this guy? You know, was there a second shooter, third shooter? Is an FBI psyop? Goes on and on. I'm not going to touch all that today. We already know something stinks in Denmark on so many levels. I have been researching this since the wee hours, like four o'clock in the morning, Monday. So right now, I just want to concentrate on the overt and the covert occult symbolism that I've revealed in this whole Mandalay Bay genocide. I want to start off with, first of all, the numerology. Now, this time of year, by the way, is very significant to the occultists, the Alistair Crowley-Thalema crew. They follow this time of year to a T. It is a very significant time of year for these occultists. So all those other topics have really been covered extensively, What I'm going to get into, I haven't heard anybody cover. And just so people know, Russ Dizdar, my good friend, him and I are going to be doing sort of an analysis on this shooter. You know, are we talking some, well, we just talked about it. We actually predicted this kind of scenario in the last show we did. I've linked that there in the description. We talked about the Black Awakening, these shooters what we discussed in that video is this idea of mass shooters coming on the scene, MK Ultra, mind control, program multiples. We kind of get into this exact kind of scenario that would we said was we believed was coming in the fall. So again, I really want to encourage you guys to go back and listen to that. Now, when you look at the numerology and the gematria of this, now gematria is a numerological system by which Hebrew letters correspond to numbers. A lot of the Kabbalistic Jewish rabbis, people that study the Kabbalah, the Zohar, the Talmud, of course, you know, all things that I believe are out of the pit of hell. But they study these patterns. They study these sequences, regardless of what your beliefs are on the Gematria, there still is some very significant things that I'm going to get into here. So again, Gematria is thought to be mystical Hebrew numerology. Of course, we, have, we do have Bible Gematria. We know there are letters and numbers of the Torah derived from Greek influence that later actually became a tool for interpreting biblical texts. And by the way, I've done a lot of shows on the Kabbalah being really the religion of the Antichrist, is what it is. Really goes back into the ancient esoteric antiquity religions, the Moabites, the Ammonites, the Canaanites, very mystic, pagan, ancient mystery religions. It's the same stuff that these high-level Freemasonic warlocks, really is what they are, practice today. So let's get into this. The gematria that shows up in the events surrounding the shooting, the most obvious number, of course, is the floor, the alleged floor the shooter chose, and that is the number 32. It is found in the 32 degrees or levels of Freemasonry. The reason it's found in Masonry is because of the connection between Masonry and the Kabbalah. My regular listeners know I get deep into the underbelly of the Kabbalah on several shows. You can look those up on my YouTube. In the Kabbalah now, note this that 32 is the number of paths on the Kabbalistic tree of life. However, this tree is actually the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Where have you heard of that? That's right, in the Garden of Eden. It's very interesting that New Age writer Arya Kaplan acknowledged this, read right in his book, actually. It's called the Sefer Yetzirah, page 46, this is a Kabbalist, where he says the Seferot is often called the tree of life, the center line from Keter to Malkut when taken alone is called the tree of knowledge. It is on this line that good and evil come together, this being the mystery of the tree of good and evil. That's actually Genesis 2.9. And we can see there in Genesis 2.9 that Adam and Eve were commanded specifically not to partake in whatever this knowledge was. And interestingly, the number of 32 is also related to the Hyperquadrants that can be defined in a five dimensional hyperspace. So, really interesting that those correspond to the 32 apexes on a five dimensional hypercube. And then, of course, that ties in with the 32 Paths of Wisdom. Alice Bailey talked about it, Madame Blavatsky. It's kind of interesting because when you get into their writings, they really start talking about extra-dimensional space that exists outside of our awareness, that is the spatial boundaries of the spiritual realms. And if you recall this week on a show I did with Tom Horn, he actually got into this, this whole idea of, dimensional space? Well, what do you think famous astronaut Jack Parsons, founder of Scientology, L. Ron Hubbard, and occultist Alistair Crowley, what do the three of them have in common? These guys conjured spirits. So why am I talking about three occultists that were very good friends in L. Ron Hubbard, Jack Parsons, and Alistair Crowley? What does this have to do with the Las Vegas shooting, Sheila? Well, gee, want to know how Jack Parsons blew himself up? Well, one writer discusses the fact that they were trying to open a spiritual dimension, a spiritual door. Well, all three of these men, first of all, reached 32 levels of Scottish Rite Freemasonry. And all of these men believed they were reincarnations. This is in their own writings. They believe that they are reincarnations of Osiris, Horus, and Apollo. So where am I going with that? 72 and 32, let me tell you, very, very occultic numbers. Now, what's really interesting, too, just side note, Aleister Crowley himself brought a demon back from the other side of that spatial veil, if you want to call it, an extra-dimensional gate or portal, that spiritual entities move through, you better believe it because guess what? He himself brought back a demon called Lamb. He called it Lamb, L-A-M, you can look that up. Now, just also a little interesting side note, when you look at that picture of this demonic entity that Aleister Crowley brought back from this extra dimension, what's really interesting about it is it looks very familiar, doesn't it? This look. (laughs) It looks uncannily like the alien greys. Where do you think the picture of the original alien gray came from? Newsflash, it came from Alister Crowley's experience when he brought that demon back. It's also very interesting if you look at this five-dimensional hypercube, has five dimensions with 10 points, the 10 points are the 10- Sephiroth on the tree in which all the 32 paths connect. All the Freemason occult symbology here, the age of the shooter was 64. Well, what is 32 times 2? That's when you get into how they double the number. And if you take his birthday, 64, 6 plus 4 equals 10 and equals the number of the 10 Sephiroths, just as the number 32 when added, 3 plus 2 equals 5 is equal to the number of the five dimensions of the hypercube. And is sometimes also represented by the pentagram. This is all, I'm talking about all their works. The pentagram itself is embedded in the tree of knowledge. The pentagram also linking in with the Kabbalah, the Kabbalah being the, really it's the religion of the Antichrist. That's what I call it. Straight out of the pit of hell is this thing. So just remember this part: three, two, two, three, three, and three, two. Threes with threes and threes with twos are very important. 23 is very important. It's just the reverse of 32. 32, 23, 3, 2, 2. These are very, very significant occult numbers. They might not mean anything to you, but trust me when I tell you, they mean a lot to the satanic Luciferian occultists. So again, remember this. 32, 33, 23, and three. Two, two, any combinations of that now 33 i mean we've all heard of this number it's very interesting that really if you think about the basement of this mandalay hotel the basement is an actual floor so they you really think there's 32 floors but it's technically 33 that whole underground floor is still a floor so it's really he's on the 33rd floor Even if it was 32, it's still very occultic because there is 32 degrees and 33 degrees of masonry, depending on if it's York rite or Scottish rite. There is different degrees. This number comes up over and over in the Vegas shooting. Isn't it also weird that the human spinal column is made up of 33 bones? Vedic Eastern mystics will actually try to use certain chants, certain mantras they will try and certain poses it's basically rituals that will open that third eye this is all connected to the chakras the pineal gland the kundalini It goes on and on, the serpent coiling itself around the base of the spine, going all the way up the vertebrae. I just find that's very interesting, and it's all also linked in with the doctrine of evolution and the evolution of the vertebrae class of animals. Um, Of course, you get into some pagan deities, which is kind of going to be the theme of our show. Shiva, Kali, all these Vedic Hindus and Eastern mystics have a million different gods and goddesses. Which is really the total M.O. for all of this. The worship of other gods and goddesses, isn't it? And just side note, Disney, Walt Disney. I did a whole show called The Disney Deception. I've linked it. You have got to watch this. Disneyland Club 33. You might want to research that. That's correct. Walt Disney was a high level occultist and a 33rd degree Freemason. But that's a whole other show that I've already done. There's an interview over there at MSN that said this Las Vegas gunman, Stephen Paddock, purchased 33 guns in the last year. He had 23, but he purchased 33. Now, again, it's just really interesting that the number 32 and 33 are very much embedded into this whole entire Las Vegas incident. Again, 32, 33, 33 and 23. He bought 33 guns, but he only used in the shooting 23 they found on him. I thought this is interesting, too. The other day I was looking at my thermometer and I thought, isn't it also weird? You have 32 and 33 degrees in Freemasonry. Just a little side note, the other day I was looking at my thermometer and I thought, that's weird. 32 degrees is also the freezing point of water in a thermodynamic temperature scale. So I just thought it was really interesting on the Fahrenheit scale that the freezing point of water is 32 degrees at standard atmospheric pressure, which just puts the boiling and freezing points of water exactly 180 degrees apart. But I thought it was just interesting. Let's go up a degree there. The number 33 relates to the human skull and the Masonic degree of transcending the lower animal nature or the physical limitations. Manly P. Hall talked about this passing into the first veil of Ain, Feb. It's Hebrew for light. There are three veils called Ain, Ain, Sof, and Ain Sof, which means limitless light. Limitless light. And now I'm going to return to the word or in a minute, explaining the significance of the word lexer. Now, there's also something very interesting, I'll get back to the 33, but the next number of significance is the number 91 found in the location of the victims, which was the Route 91 Harvest Festival. Now, the word Harvest Festival, I tie that in with a lot of these pagan festivals. Harvest Festival right there is a red flag. But the Route 91 is what I want to concentrate on. The number 91 is divisible by the numbers. 7 and 13, that is 7 times 13 equals 91, of course. The number 13 was tattooed on the side of the shooter's neck in some photos. I thought that was really interesting. You know, people say all the time, why is there not a 13th floor on an elevator? Well, there's kind of an origin how the number 13 became associated with evil. And I'm not going to really delve into that. But I can tell you that the connection goes back to the execution of Jacques de Molay, who was burnt at the stake by the Roman Catholic Church for being a heretic in the order of the Knights Templar. This goes way, way back, even before the Illuminati supposedly was founded in the Bavarian Illuminati, as they say. Oh, that didn't come around until 1776. Anyway, short and sweet, Jacques Demoloy was executed on Friday the 13th, and before being torched, he uttered curses against the Pope and the King of France, both who later died that same year. The hatred and the ongoing war between Christianity and Satanism, well, the Freemasons, it it really goes back hundreds of years and it's persisted ever since with Masonic orders using their clandestine activities to foment the French Revolution as well as the Russian Revolution and even the American Revolution of 1776. 13 of the signers of the Declaration of Independence, as Tom Horn just said. Again, so ironic that we did a show on the occultism of his book, Saboteurs, which that whole book really ties into, I believe, what happened out in the desert in Vegas with this shooting. Again, 13 signers of the Declaration of Independence. 13 of those signers were Freemasons. And again, we see the number 13, the number of rebellion and witchcraft, necromancy. 13 and 7 are big numbers that relate to the Sabbath, Saturn, Saturday, the seven known planets of the ancient world, seven candlesticks. You know, it's kind of interesting side note, the number 13 relates to a baker's dozen. And in the witchcraft lore of the Middle Ages, well... That was the number of members in a witch's coven in mimicry of the 12 disciples plus Jesus. There's an ancient tradition of there being 13 astrological signs instead of 12. The 13th being Ophicus, the serpent bearer. You know, it's interesting that a lot of Masonic lore, a lot of the um, Rosicrucian, the esoteric, the Masonic lore is based on craft legends. Now I want to address the names of the landmark buildings at the site of the shooting. Yeah, we all heard, oh, Pyramid, Obelisk, and Sphinx. Well, it goes way deeper than that, folks. Okay, well, first in the list is the Luxor Hotel, which sits directly west of the concert killing field. And I had a really hard time finding an accurate map with directional orientation because a lot of the television um, newscasts were saying that the shooter was on the east side of the Mandalay Hotel, which he was. But it was the east side of the North Arm The Luxor Hotel, obviously, is built in the shape of an Egyptian pyramid and faces east toward the concert ground. The word Luxor, isn't this interesting, is the modern name of the Egyptian city that was anciently known as Thebes. It is the city of the ancient Egyptian monuments where we find the pyramid and the Sphinx. The word itself is Arabic, elixir, and it means palaces. The ten sephirots of the Kabbalistic tree are also sometimes called palaces in a lot of the literature, but I'm going to stray from the Arabic etymology of the word and discuss its esoteric and modern spelling in relation to its occult significance. The first three letters are L-U-X and spell out the Latin word for light. The Latin word L-U-X is a Latin prefix used in translating the word Lucifer check out Isaiah 14. The word LUX, lux, is also a keyword in the greater banishing ritual of the pentagram as taught by, guess who, Aleister Crowley and the Order of the Golden Dawn. When you tie in the L, the U, the V, you've got the sign of Typhon, Apophis, Virgo, Isis, X is the sign of Osiris, slain and risen. The last two letters of the word is or and is a mimic for the Hebrew word a-u-r or or, meaning limitless in Hebrew. Speaking of, we talked about Jacques de Molay. You know, isn't it interesting that the month is October, the year of Jacques Molay was 1307. When you times 13 times 07, it equals 91, the number of route 91. I just thought that was very interesting. What does that signify? You know, is this some kind of revenge killing for the persecution and execution of the the Knights Templar? Because that 1307 signifies the Knights Templar. Some might wonder, well, why didn't he do the killing on October 13th then? Well, the short simple answer is there was no concert with a sold out venue to shoot at like fish in a barrel on that date. It's just very interesting mathematically when you really get into the, the guts of this Route 91 and you look at the Temple of the Lodge page 91, it actually touches on Jacques de Molay, Thou Art avenge. It's just an interesting side note. Now, what's interesting, of course, about the number 322, 322, which keeps coming up over and over, 32 times 2 is 64, the age of Paddock. There's actually a video interview of Eric Paddock, the, the shooter's brother, and it shows his house number in the background, which is 320, the skull and bone symbol here known as the marine battle flag of the Knights Templar, the Hiram Key. Interesting, isn't it? That those numbers are repeating throughout this occult crime, as I call it. Was this some kind of a blood ritual of this guy? Was it some kind of just Illuminati sacrifice? And again, when you go back to the Kabbalah, the 22 lines that connect through the tree of life, the 32 paths of wisdom, but still, I'm telling you, there's something with these numbers that just keep replaying. Okay, what about the obelisk, the pyramid, and the Sphinx? Of course, we know those things are deep in ancient Egyptian cosmology. What's a tie into to that? Up on my website, weekendvigilante.com, you'll see an article in my end-time news feed called Former Burning Man, 45-foot-tall Pagan Sculpture Coming to National Mall? Question mark. That's right, folks. A 45-foot-tall nude woman sculpture that was first sent to the Burning Man Occult Festival to be what, energized with demonic power, has been approved to stand near the shaft of Osiris, Baal shaft, aka Washington Monument, directly facing the White House. Now, organizers are trying to raise funds to transport this R Evolution sculpture from San Francisco to Washington, and apparently they've already gotten approval from the National Park Service to have the very pagan idol on the grounds of the National Mall. That's according to MSN. Now, my listeners will understand the significance and the high level of occultism this entity intends to arouse between the largest obelisk of its kind in the world for the very highly occult legendary ritual for reincarnating the second coming of Apollo, the second coming of Osiris. This is very high level Freemasonry. Well, actually, with this a better word for this would be Alistair Crowley's magic Another way of saying it is the highest form of witchcraft. But at each master mason ceremony, there is the reenactment of the same Egyptian cosmology that was fantastically venerated throughout ancient Egypt by what? Well, we see it in the Washington Monument. These towering obelisks representing the phallus of Osiris. And domes, of course, representing the pregnant belly of Isis, including at Karnak, where the upright obelisks were energized or stimulated from the energy of the sun god Ra shining down upon them. And you know what's amazing to me is there is historical evidence that this elaborate myth and its rituals actually are based on real events. And it's noteworthy, if you want to do a little checking on this, that in 1998, former Secretary General of Egypt's Supreme Council of Antiquities, Hawass, claim to have found the burial tomb of the god Osiris, Apollo, others call him Nimrod. Now you can look up this article, "Sand Pit of Royalty, Copenhagen newspaper from January 31st, 99. Now listen to this, Horace was quoted as saying this, I found a shaft going 29 meters vertically down into the ground. Now where was this shaft that he found? It was exactly halfway between the pyramid and the Sphinx the Shafran pyramid and the Sphinx. We have found a burial chamber with four pillars. In the middle is a large granite sarcophagus, which I expect to be the grave of Osiris, the god. I've been digging in Egypt, Sam, for more than 30 years. And up to this date, this is the most exciting discovery I've ever made. You know, so clearly this archaeologist, he's very, I mean, 30 years digging up stuff. He's obviously very familiar with what powerful Egyptologists believe about Osiris and that his body was stored somewhere between the Great Pyramid and the Sphinx. Manly P. Hall, who knew the Masonic legend of Hiram Abiff, was a thinly veiled prophecy of the resurrection of Osiris. He may have understood what Hawass was looking for. Otherwise, why cover what he wrote in The Secret Teachings of All Ages The dying god Osiris shall rise again. Why would you write that? Why would you write, The secret room in the house of the hidden places shall be rediscovered. The pyramid again shall stand as the ideal emblem of resurrection and regeneration. That's straight out of the book, folks. Hmm, fascinating. Now, of course, some ancient Egyptian cultures have their own reenactments of the whole Osiris-Isis reincarnation ritual in which the spirit of Osiris would be raised into a newly reigning pharaoh. And when this occurred, theocratic statesmanship and the ultimate political authority was given to that leader. The insinuation of this right, among other meanings, was that the pharaoh's authority was as the son of the sun god Ra and as the incarnation of the falcon-headed and all-seeing eye god Horus until the pharaoh's death, whereupon he'd become Osiris, the divine judge over the underworld. Within this worldview, every generation of pharaohs would supply their gods with a human spokesperson who carried out their will, as well as ensuring that the earthly leadership would be divinely appointed at all times. Yet you might think, well, was there something more to the pharaoh's deification than faith in ritual magic? Well, the cult center of Amon-Ra at Thebes may hold the answer as it was the site of the largest religious structure ever built. And some might call it Amon-Ra or the Luxor. Interesting, the Luxor. That's right, folks. Now, I've written about the great temple with its 100 miles of walls and gardens, which was the place where the pharaoh reconciled his divinity in the company of Amun-Ra during the festival of Opet. The festival was held at the temple of Luxor and included a procession of gods carried on barges up the Nile River from Karnak to the temple. The royal family accompanied the gods on boats while the Egyptian laity walked along the shore calling aloud and making requests of the gods. Once at the Luxor the pharaoh and his entourage entered the Holy of Holies where the raising of Osiris ceremony would begin. That's right to raise the spirit of Osiris into the king was performed and pharaoh was transmogrified into a living deity. When the king emerged as born-again Osiris, the crowd erupted in cheer. And from that day forward, the pharaoh was considered to be the son and the spiritual incarnation of the supreme deity, the all-seeing eye of Horus, a.k.a. Apollo, a.k.a. Osiris, above the unfinished pyramid. W. Marshall Adams calls the Great Pyramid the House of the Hidden Places, It represented the inner sanctuary of pre-Egyptian wisdom. By the Egyptians, the Great Pyramid was associated with Hermes, the god of wisdom and letters, and the divine illuminator worshipped through the planet Mercury. Relating Hermes to the pyramid emphasizes anew the fact that it was in reality the supreme temple of the invisible and supreme deity. The Great Pyramid was the first temple of the mysteries the first structure erected as a repository for those secret truths which are the certain foundation of all arts and science, the perfect emblem of the secret teachings, the tomb of Osiris, the black god of the Nile. Through the mystic passageways and chambers of the great pyramid past the illumined of antiquity, they entered its portals as men and they came forth as gods, The reverse side, interestingly, on the great seal has two mottos, annuit coeptus, also 13 letters Latin, literally he, she, it favors our undertakings. And of course, nuvis ordo seclorium, Latin for the new order of the ages, the new world order. The phrase Nuvus Order Seclorium was adapted in 1782 from Inspiration, which is found in a prophetic line in Virgil's Eclogue. The interpretation of the original Latin being, and the majestic role of circling centuries begins anew. The phrase is from the Cumane Sibyl, a pagan prophetess of Apollo, identified in the Bible as a demonic deceiver and involves the future birth of a divine son, spawned of a new breed of men sent down from heaven when he receives the life of gods and sees heroes with gods commingling. So the meaning of all three Latin phrases from the seal together, once the imageries are all compared to the Freemasonic agenda, it could read this, Osiris, Isis, Jupiter favors the undertaking. In other words, annuit coeptus. To herald in the New World Order of the Ages through the divine son Horus or false messiah Novus Order Seclorium. Now returning to it thirty third degree Freemason James David Carter wrote in eighteen sixty four we read on the reverse side of symbolism and numerology this here it goes. On the reverse is the all-seeing eye with a triangle surrounded by a golden glory. Besides the obvious Masonic significance of this design, it has a cabalistic value of 70 plus 3 plus 200 equaling 273, which is the value of the phrase Eben Masu Habonim, refers to Royal Arch Masons. It is also the value of the Hebrew proper noun, Hiram Abiff, the architect of Solomon's Temple and the principal character of the legend in the Master Mason degree. And again, when you get into the symbology of this, the great seal, I mean, you have to ask, did the designers of the seal really want to give that much attention to the 13 original colonies? Once or twice is understandable, but consider how many times the number appears on both sides, the number 13, 13 leaves on the olive branch, 13 berries on the olive branch. 13 arrows, 13 stripes on the coat of arms, 13 stars in the glory above the bird's head, whether it's an eagle or phoenix, that's debatable. 13 letters in E pluribus unum, 13 characters in out of many one and out of many, 13 letters in annuit queptus, 13 rows on the unfinished pyramid. And remember what I said about Wiccan covens and witches made up of thirteen members. At the Last Supper there were thirteen men, twelve disciples, and Jesus Christ. I already talked about Friday the thirteenth in October of the year thirteen oh seven, when King Philip the Fourth of France had the Knights Templar arrested. In Viking lore, the god Loki was the thirteenth in the order of the Norse Pantheon. The Illuminati has thirteen bloodlines. And then, of course, we understand the Masonic power number, sacred to the moon and represented of the head of Isis, as well as the number of Osiris remaining body parts that Isis recovered along the Nile River. Of course, there was 14 total. The male reproductive organ, as we know, according to the lore, was never found, equaling 13. And again, in Gematria, the Babylonian Greek alphanumeric code system frequently uses, in association to the Rosicrucians' beloved Kabbalah text, the same Satan in both Hebrew and Greek are multiples of 13. What's really interesting is the Bible's accuracy concerning this whole Sybil conjure of Apollo. When you look in the New Testament, the identity of the god Apollo. A repeated code to the great seal of the United States as the Masonic Messiah who returns to rule the earth in the same spirit that will inhabit the political leader of the end times new world order. Well, according to key Bible prophecies, the Antichrist will be the progeny or incarnation of the ancient spirit, Apollo. Osiris. Second Thessalonians 2 Thessalonians 2.3, let no man deceive you by any means that for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first and the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, Apolia, Apollyon, Apollo. Numerous scholar and classical works identify Apollyon as the god Apollo, the Greek deity of death and pestilence. Apollyon and Apollo are interchangeable. The Apostle Paul may have identified the god Apollo as the spirit of Antichrist, operating behind the persecuting Roman Empire. Revelation 17, 18 likewise ties the coming of Antichrist with Apollo, revealing that the beast shall ascend from the bottomless pit and enter him. The beast that thou sawest was and is not, and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit and go into perdition, Apollyon, Apollo, and they that dwell on the earth shall wonder, whose names were not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world, when they behold the beast that was and is not, and yet is. Interesting. And this supernatural entity was known and feared in ancient times by different names, Apollo, Osiris, even further back as Nimrod, whom masons consider to be the father of their institution. Now, a lot of people say, well, why are you talking about these ritualized fertility objects, which the ancient believed could produce tangible reactions? Well, what does this have to do with the Las Vegas shooting, you ask? Folks, let's not be naive. Freemasons and these high-level occultists, these high-level warlocks and witches that are represented now, as you know, through the deep state. Look at the WikiLeaks. This is imitative ritual sex magic, folks. When Aleister Crowley talks about Alistair Crowley, who was a 33 degree Freemason, he was a warlock slash Freemason slash high level occultist of the highest order. These people were into the highest order of supernaturalism, period. And they believe that there is magic that emits from the obelisk. This whole raising of Osiris ceremony, they talk about it. Manly P. Hall talks about it. The esoteric writers talk about it. Helena Blavatsky, Alice Bailey, pick your high-level occultist. They all talk about the raising of Osiris. And isn't it, well, look at John Podesta's hands. What does that tell you? When you look at the metaphysical phenomenon around this whole Egyptian cosmology, where the shooting occurred, the harvest festival the tie-ins to Burning Man, the tie-ins to Nimrod, Samiramis. You know, you can, you can actually interchange Nimrod and Samiramis in for Osiris and Isis. And you can see right in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 8, the children of Israel set up an obelisk. Just like we see in Washington, D.C., you can see the occult masonry all over the place there. Isn't it funny that the Washington Monument is 666 inches high, And 666 inches wide. Anybody think that's creepy? I mean, I could spend hours going over just the Great Seal in itself. Francis Bacon, you know, prominent Freemasons. You know, have you ever taken the time, by the way, to look at the aprons Freemasons wear? (laughs) Well, a good example would be go look at the apron of George Washington himself, which you can easily find online. Towards the bottom, underneath the intense eye of providence is a coffin with a skull and crossbones. FDR and many other mystics believe there's more to this little symbol than mere death, much like the Hitlerian ideologies of the Lebensborn program, the superior Aryan race. Hitler was, of course, a very high-level occultist involved in the Thule Society, the Vril Society, straight out of the pit of hell. Well, many mystics, including Sir Francis Bacon, they dreamed of a new kingdom on Earth, the New Atlantis, you could call it. And within this Atlantean kingdom, a replacement people rule in harmony. Bacon's New Atlantis has also been called the land of the Rosicrucians. And that's exactly what America is rapidly becoming thanks to the secret societies, the rise of occult paganism. It's off the rails and it's no accident, FYI. Our great struggle, which is indeed the wound of the whole world, it's not against terrorists and shooters or communists or liberals. You know, although, I mean, I do joke around and say, liberalism, find the cure. Listen. That's not our enemy. It's the spiritual war against the one true living God waged in this manifestation of this whole ancient pagan dream of these people, this ancient pagan fulfillment. So whether it's Hitler, whether it's Francis Bacon, Manly P. Hall, Helena Blavatsky, Alice Bailey, who was channeled to write the 24, 5, 6 volumes of The Occult. I mean, think about this. They always talk about this. It's the same new order of the ages that President Bush said, a new world order, the new Atlantis dream, the earthly messiah who will come to place the capstone on the pyramid of old, establishing under his reign. Who is this king, this new world king? It is the Antichrist. The great pyramid, the Luxor, the rising of Osiris, the phallic symbols, it all ties in. And every one of these numbers that is so deeply in the harvest festival, the burning man, the tower, the I mean, it all ties together. October, like I said, in the beginning is a very important month to these occultists. And it happened October first. Why didn't it happen in September? Well, anyway, you're, you're starting to see a picture emerge here. You know, it's funny, the magicians in Egypt were able to duplicate many of the supernatural acts that God performed at the hand of Moses during the Exodus. Don't you find it also interesting that Las Vegas is the occult capital of the world, the great magical agent of the world? On every street corner is a divination studio, a psychic, a tarot reader. I mean, this thing is right out of the necromancy slash divination. It's a divination capital of the world. You know, forget the country. Well, mind you, speaking of it being a country music festival, I think this is a really interesting little side piece too. check out this on Jason Aldean's arm, the two cards that are tattooed on his arm. This is Jason Aldean, who was one of the singers when the shooting happened. He was one of the headliners. Check this out. Now, I won't even get into all the pagan jewelry that Jason Aldean wears. In fact, one picture I actually found in a magazine, but when I take a copy of it, it's too blurry. He's wearing the Eye of Horus and other weird pagan Egyptian talisman. There, he's got a bunch of sun god Ra. Oh, in fact, look at his the sun god Ra on his tattoo, which also contains these two cards, the jack and the ace. Now check out this Illuminati playing card. That's kind of a creepy connection, don't you think? I just found that to be rather interesting because, you know, everybody, we always talk about these Illuminati playing cards. Where did they come from? You know, things are hidden right in plain sight, folks. I mean, we don't want to do a 10, I mean, I'm not going to do a 10 hour show breaking more of this down, but you're starting to see an incredible pattern emerge. These people believe these are high-level ritualistic blood sacrifices. There's probably so much more to this that we don't even know. But I'll tell you what, these warlocks know what this is. And you know what, as far as this paddock guy, was he a Freemason? I don't have a clue. Who was this guy? You know, there's so many different conflicting stories. He was a Muslim terrorist. He was former FBI. This was a gun running psyop gone wrong. I mean, there's so many speculations about the guy. We'll probably never get to the bottom of who this guy really is. Because guess what? Dead men don't talk. I don't know if we're ever going to get to the bottom of who this guy was. But I think the more important issue is this whole thing was nothing more than a mass slaughter. And lastly, I want to get into the Sphinx. Now, it's interesting that the four powers of the Sphinx is something that Aleister Crowley, who developed the power of the Sphinx as part of his own Thelemic paradigm in order to attain the sanctum regnum, the knowledge of ultimate power of the magi, he said. He said there were four powers of the Sphinx to know, to will, to dare, and to keep silent which were four-elemental Thelemic symbolism and instruction. You know, and it's funny, practically nothing is written on the subject outside of the works of Aleister Crowley. The only other author to mention the subject with any degree of depth or seriousness was the high-level French occultist, Ephas LaVey, of course, who had a profound influence on Crowley. The four powers of the Sphinx came from his most popular work, transcendental magic which is straight out of the pit of hell i might add so we know the sphinx is a composite creature having the head of a man the torso and front paws of a lion the backside of a bull and the wings of the phoenix which to crowley symbolizes the synthesis and synergy of the four powers represented by the universal astral fluid in which they live the north, south, east, west, their symbols, again, Taurus the bull, Leo the lion, the phoenix, and the sign of the Aquarius and the dragon and serpent. This is on page 152. Energy as the bull, courage as the lion, swift intelligence as the man, silence with soaring subtlety as the phoenix, the dragon, or the serpent, representing sign of the Aquarius. This is high-level alchemy and witchcraft, folks, with deep roots in the Golden Dawn tradition, which, by the way, let's not forget Crowley himself believed he was the incarnation of Horus, the Egyptian symbol it said for power, the eye of Ra, the eye of Horus, the all-seeing eye. It's all the same thing. Now, it's interesting that a few years after Crowley wrote this, he introduced then a fifth power of the Sphinx And the fifth element he wrote, and I quote, Spirit generally recognized in the Kabbalah, I have deemed it proper to add a fifth power corresponding. As Egyptian gods were signified as such by their bearing the Ankh, that is, the symbol of the fifth power is the Ankh, which is a sandal strap implying the power to go. So here you can see that Crowley... Considered the spirit to be the fifth element, the fifth power, the Sphinx, and Crowley summarized by saying this, and you'll be shocked: the five powers of the Sphinx are the means by which man becomes God. And then, interestingly, the Sphinx he interchanges in a picture on page "Speculative Masonry" by J. York, Grand Master Ancient Right, pages fifty-four. There's a picture of the Sphinx that morphs into the Baphomet. And listen to this. It says, second degree reproduction. Jehovah means female and male. He, she, duality, hermaphroditic. Page 126 to 129 says, "The du- oh, this is interesting. The dual principle of male and female is represented also by the square and compass The square represents Isis. The compass represents Osiris. Again, those are pages out of Speculative Masonry by J. York, Grandmaster Ancient Rite, pages 354, 126, or 129. Isn't that interesting? So back to Las Vegas. Folks, this whole thing in Las Vegas, this killing field in front of the Sphinx, this pyramid, the obelisk, this is no coincidence. The pyramid, the place of death. Do you know that the Luxor has been there 23 years? The man had 23 guns and his room was 23. This is not a coincidence that these these number sequences still coming up. Yeah, that's right. The Luxor was built 23 years ago. Yeah, well, I know a little famous chapter in Psalm 23 that goes, "Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death," I know another verse 23 that stands out to me too. Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. I will tell you one thing about Las Vegas, folks. Las Vegas is a cesspool. That's right. It's full of defilement. It's full of debauchery. That's why they call it Sin City. I don't know if I'd brag about that. It might even be the world-class pit of debauchery, really. The divination, the witchcraft, the occult, the necromancy. Forget that it's ancient Egypt revisited on steroids. And I'm not just talking about Caesar's palace. It is really the epicenter of pagan gods. Most of all these idols. That's the very first commandment. No other gods before me. You know what a pyramid is, folks? It's an Egyptian sepulcher. A place where dead pharaohs and such were buried. It's a burial tomb sepulchre, sarcophagus, tombs of death is what it is. Oh, here's another Matthew 23. Speaking of tombs of death, woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You are like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of what? Full of the bones of the dead and everything unclean. This Route 91 Harvest Festival, yeah, it's a harvest festival, all right a pagan harvest festival. This thing was nothing more than a strategically located blood sacrifice ritual, a death ritual across from the pyramid. And by the way, the word pyramid actually comes from the Greek word, which means wheat cake, wheat cake or harvest cake. These were cakes offered up at certain festivals. Isn't that interesting? And it used to be actually be pyramids and not pyramid. Pyramids was used to describe the ancient Egyptian buildings because they reminded the Greeks of pointy topped wheat cakes. Oh, just interesting side note, Oedipus is said to have answered the riddle of the Sphinx. That's actually one of the Greek myths is that the Sphinx would lay outside Thebes asking travelers riddles and then if they failed to answer it, it was said that Oedipus answered the riddle and the Sphinx then killed herself. And isn't it interesting that the word pyramid is derived from the Greek words pyramus and pyramidos. But one book on Egyptology, just interesting, that talks about that sphinx, the, more of the riddles. The word pyramid came into English through Old French pyramide, which is a word of Latin origin. And then Latin borrowed its term from Greek pyramidus, which has its origin in the Egyptian language in the word Pymar, which stood for pyramid, and in another chapter it says the word pyramid actually comes from the Greek word pyramus, which means wheat cake or cakes of bread. And I thought, where have I heard cakes of bread before? Hmm. Jeremiah seven eighteen: The children gather wood, the fathers light the fire, and the women knead the dough and make cakes of bread for the queen of heaven a.k.a. Ishtar, Samiramis, or Isis. Ishtar was the Mesopotamian goddess of fertility, also known as Samiramis, Isis, and Aphrodite. And then as I read down, it caught my eye. In cultures around the world, they're still held to honor the harvest goddess Ishtar, Isis, Aphrodite. While the names of the goddesses may no longer be recalled at many harvest festivals, it says here, Isis, the Egyptian goddess, is said to be revered to ensure a good harvest. Her festival was typically held in the month of October to celebrate the harvest festival. All these pagan harvest rituals, like Burning Man, the original ritual of the Wicker Man, Sacrificing burnt offerings to the sun god in reverence to the annual harvest by placing him on an altar. You know, that Burning Man festival is very reminiscent of the ancient practice of burning the firstborn child to Moloch, which comes from the Hebrew melech, meaning king, associated with the meaning of great sacrifice, which is linked to Baal, Lord, Master, as the Bohemian Grove rituals by the Illuminati elders. It's said that Baal and Moloch were the sons of the Semitic deities Saturn, which ties into the fire fertility of Beltane. Some say the Phoenician god Cronus the Greek corresponded the later Roman god Saturn, Semitic Phoenician, and Canaan god El, who is the grain harvest lord. Hmm. This thing in Vegas is nothing more than a wicker man ritual itself. This was nothing more... Than a sacrifice at the high place. Let's face it, this high place slaughter, this killing field across from this very devilish site, it really was nothing more than a killing field. And you know, as much as people shout, Oh, the Vegas killing innocent people, this is so tragic. This is the same usually group of ilk that they're okay with the slaughtering and the butchering of the unborn, the killing of babies aka Planned Parenthood. We got a bail moloch on every street corner in America under the guise of Planned Parenthood and yet people don't seem to care about that killing. That sacrificial killing. We now know that some of these aborted fetuses go into all sorts of devilish rituals with all this same ilk. Ask Peter Thiel, the billionaire philanthropist and owner of PayPal who on record says he drinks the blood of the young for anti-aging. Right. These people are devils, folks. We have a choice, folks, in this world as we come down to the end of days. We have a choice to serve Jesus or to serve Satan. That's really all it is. I got a newsflash. A lot of people are going to serve the Antichrist. There isn't many ways to God, as Oprah Winfrey would tell you. There's only one way to God and it's through his son, Jesus Christ. And the word says, seek him while he may be found. Our sin makes us only worthy of the vengeful wrath, the fiery wrath of the living God, but luckily provided a way. It's not a way, it's the way. God says no man come unto the Father except through the Son, Jesus Christ. If you today have not made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, Then I want to hear from you and talk about some next steps on how you can make the most important decision of your life. We live in a crazy world, folks. Evil is all around us. And there is a lateness of the hour. Perhaps you came across this video because you do not know the redemptive salvation of Jesus Christ. Don't wait. The Bible says we're not promised tomorrow. Make a commitment today. Romans 9.10 really says it all, doesn't it? If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Think about the words in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and personal Savior, I want to hear from you. My information is there in the description. I personally want to take some time with you, lead you into a prayer, talk to you about what the next steps are, and I will take the time. So my information is linked there. You can also go to the contact page at weekendvigilante.com. There's email and there's also a phone number there. Don't wait on making the most important decision in your life. Get a hold of me. And I thank you for listening to this. God bless you. Good night.